Welcome to the Choose You Netcast. This is Jim Langlois with the word from Joshua 24, 15. Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's my prayer that this netcast will encourage and cheer you on as we join forces to draw the line in the sand, defending our faith and our households in the resurrection power of Jesus. Join me each weekday as we dig deeply into God's amazing word and bring up the rich treasures of his blessings. Are you ready? Choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. I said, choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. Good morning, NetWorld, and thank you for tuning in once again. It's great to have you with us. And we're continuing in our series, The Eight Basic Events of the End Times. And we've been discussing what will life be like during the millennium for us, and what will it be like for others. Yesterday, we read Revelation 20, 4 through 6 in the message version. I'll read it again to start where we left off. It says, I saw thrones. Those put in charge of judgment sat on the thrones. I also saw the souls of those beheaded because of their witness to Jesus and the word of God who refused to worship either the beast or his image. They refused to take his mark on their forehead or hand. They lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not live until the thousand years were up. This is the first resurrection, and those involved most blessed and most holy. No second death for them. They're priests of God and Christ, and they'll reign with him a thousand years. What will we be doing? How will we be ruling and reigning? Well, if you remember, by this time, we have been in heaven with the Lord for at least seven years. We will already be immortal and have our resurrected bodies like Jesus. Since the devil will be sealed in the bottomless pit and the saints, that's us, will be ruling and reigning with Jesus, we can assume the new government will be moral and just. Everyone will know that Jesus is Lord and everyone will know the difference between right and wrong. The two greatest rules will be love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Some people who lived through the tribulation will receive Christ during this time. But even though Jesus is the king and we rule with him, some will still not receive Jesus as their Lord. That's hard to believe. It's obvious for us that we have our immortal resurrected bodies. Our body will be just like the one Jesus had when he appeared to the disciples after he rose from the dead. If you remember, he appeared in a room when all the doors were locked. He told Thomas to touch him, and he even ate dinner with them. He had eternal life, and he never died again. Since we will have the same type of body, we will not get sick or die. But what about the others? The others who are still living on earth will not have resurrected bodies. The mortal people will live and die during the millennium. It's not clear whether or not sickness and disease will be present, but without the devil around, it's most likely that sickness and disease won't be either. All animals and people will get along. According to Isaiah 65, 25 and 66, 3, children will play near what used to be poisonous snakes and be safe. And that's in Isaiah 11:8. There'll be no more fighting with weapons because the weapons will be made into tools. According to Isaiah chapter 2, verse 4. People will live to be hundreds of years old. 
according to Isaiah 65 and 22, but some of them will die, as it says in Isaiah 65, 20. Those who die without Jesus will be resurrected at the end of the millennium for final judgment. And it says that in Revelation 20, 13. Those who receive Christ during the millennium will have eternal life and live forever on the earth because they will have access to the river of life and to the tree of life, just as Adam and Eve did. And you can read that in Revelation chapter 22, verses 1 and 2, verses 14 and 17. Those who do not receive Christ during this time will be cast into the lake of fire along with the devil and his angels. And we'll learn more about this in a little bit. Well, what about church and the Bible? I would think that since Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, as Hebrews 13, 8 says, and the word of God stands forever, as it says in Isaiah 40, verse 8, that the people on the earth and the immortal saints of heaven, that's us, will be going to the house of the Lord regularly and worshiping God together. I believe we will continue to read, study, and learn the Bible, as it says in Isaiah chapter 2, verses 2 through 4. Do you think we might be able to hear Jesus, Paul, Moses, or Abraham preach? Can you imagine going to a seminar to hear Daniel tell about the lion's den or Noah tell us what it was really like when the floods came? And what about David telling us as a young man how he faced Goliath? Wow, whatever life will be like during the millennium, it's going to be a really great 1,000 years. For the people on the earth, it will be like heaven on earth. We have a lot to look forward to during the millennium. I'm excited. How about you? Isn't it great to be alive in the end times? Now, there are three important words that concern the end of the millennium. One is released, the second is devoured, and the third is tormented. Because Satan is released. Revelation 27 says, now when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison. And then it tells us in Revelation 28 that he deceives the nations. It says he will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, whose number is as the sand of the sea. The word to understand is deceive. It means to make a person believe what is not true. Satan and his armies surround the saints for battle. At the end of the millennium, Satan is released, and then he and his army surround the saints for battle. Revelation chapter 20, verse 9 says, They went up on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. Then it says, He and his army are devoured by fire from God out of heaven. And the second half of Revelation chapter 20, verse 9 says, And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And then our last word was tormented. You see, because not only is he released and then devoured, but Satan is tormented forever. Revelation 20.10 tells us, The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and false prophet are, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Now, for the date in our chart about Satan being released, devoured, and tormented, I put a little while. There's no time given as to how long it takes between the time Satan is released from the bottomless pit and when he's cast into the lake of fire forever. The King James Version Bible Commentary says, 
Deception has characterized Satan from Genesis 3 to the time now under consideration. In God's purpose, Satan will be loosed a little after the allotted time. Why? Simply, God would reveal to us that Satan has not changed his nature and that man still is susceptible to his wiles and stratagems. The result of the loosing is indicated in verses 7 through 8. And it quotes concerning verse 7, After the millennium, Satan shall be loosed from his imprisonment in the abyss. This loosing is for the last exhibition of his venom and the last test of man. And then concerning verse 8, it says, After Christ's glorious mediatorial reign on earth for a thousand years, Satan stages a rebellion through his deceptions. Notice, first of all, it is on a universal scale, namely the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth. How could this occur? It must be remembered that there will be procreation in the millennium on the part of those who have entered the kingdom in unresurrected bodies. But their progeny or their descendants will not be born redeemed any more than this has transpired at any time in the history of man. Furthermore, many will give only feigned obedience to the ruling king. Let's take a look at that. Psalm 66.3 in the New American Standard Bible says, Say to God, how awesome are your works. Because of the greatness of your power, your enemies will give feigned obedience to you. This word feigned means pretended, sham, and counterfeit. What a fake, what a sham. They may have looked honest, but in truth they were lying. Not only is Satan the deceiver, but so are they. And the Spirit-Filled Life Study Bible says, At the end of the thousand years, Satan will be released in the earth again to deceive. It appears that many who submitted to Christ's rule during the millennium did so without inner commitment to his lordship. The final deception of Satan separates these from those who have sincerely submitted. This is the last insurrection that the Lord will tolerate. Satan will next be cast into the lake of fire and tormented forever. He's Satan the deceiver. It's amazing, after a thousand years in his prison of the bottomless pit, Satan is released. He immediately goes to the people living during the millennium and tries to deceive them. He still wants to be God and wants the people to follow him. It's hard to believe, but many will follow him. He and all those he deceives will then surround the saints in battle. But before it begins, God sends fire from heaven, devours them, and Satan is cast into the lake of fire forever. Satan is such a deceiver that even now he has people believing that he will rule in hell. However, the truth is, he will not be ruling anywhere he will be tormented like all the others who have rejected Christ. Don't be deceived. Satan, the devil, has always been a liar. The Bible calls him the father of lies. Don't ever listen to his advice. All he wants to do is destroy people. He hates God and his people. All the way to the very end, he tries to trick people into following him. But on this day, he gets his final blow, the lake of fire, tormented forever. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Now I know where that statement came from. Let's review our chart. The first of the eight basic events of the end times is salvation, and the time of salvation is now. The second is the rapture, and it comes in a moment. The third is the tribulation period, 
And during the tribulation period, the Christians that have been raptured are celebrating with the judgment seat of Christ and the marriage supper of the Lamb in heaven. And after the tribulation, the fourth event is the second coming of Christ and the battle of Armageddon. And that happens in a day. And then there's the 1,000-year millennium. That's event number five. And event number six is Satan is released and then cast into the lake of fire forever. And that takes a little while. But now we're coming to the judgment day, the great white throne judgment. That's event number seven. And event number eight is eternity. Let's read Revelation 22.5 in the Amplified Version. It says, And there shall be no more night. They have no need for lamplight or sunlight, for the Lord God will illuminate them and be their light, and they shall reign as kings forever and ever through the eternities of the eternities. Well, our time is up again, but tomorrow we can begin on the Judgment Day and the Great White Throne Judgment. So I hope you'll return tomorrow, same time, same channel, same place, as we continue with the eight basic events of the end times. I'm enjoying this. I trust you are too. Be blessed. You have been listening to the Choose You Netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Master's House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site. If you'd like to write me or become a financial partner with this ministry, my address is the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. That's the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. Online donations can also be made at tmhnow.org, and my email address is pastorjim at tmhnow.org. This is Jim Langlois saying be blessed, you and your whole household. Until next time. Choose you this day, but that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house.